Welcome to season four of Copy Room Conversations, releasing imperfection and normalizing joy. My intention in sharing these precious humans with you is to inspire you to let go, let down, and remember that joy is love without inhibition, and love without inhibition is joy. With joy, we will not only survive, we will remember what it is to thrive, and so will our kids. Big thanks to our sponsor, Dirt Path Publishing, a company dedicated to publishing works with social impact. They are also the publisher of my book, Nothing's Missing, released earlier this year. For more information about my book, visit nicoleluciani.com. And for more information on Dirt Path Publishing, visit dirtpathpublishing.com. In the meantime, and always, welcome to the copy room. In the summer of 2016, I looked out on a new cohort of teachers who had joined us for the Hollyhock Fellowship at Stanford University, and I caught a glimpse of one particular table of teachers from the Midwest where Ashley was sitting. Her dark brown skin was luminescent, and when she smiled, oh my lord, I swear it was like the room filled with a beam of light. The light only shined brighter the more I got to know her. Ashley is lit from within with a joy that is pure goodness. Yes, she will make you laugh, and she will lead the dance party. More importantly, though, she is good, good to the core. You can't help but feel your vibration rise in her presence. If a rising tide lifts all boats, Ashley's energy lifts all spirits. Don't be fooled by the dinosaur costume or the spirit week gear. This woman is nobody's fool. She won't let you be either. She is smart and driven and on a mission to lead a school with her heart on her sleeve. After you listen to this conversation, you just might be inspired to do the same. Oh my God, we have so much to catch up on. I'm so I know. happy to see you. So you were an English teacher when you were at Hollyhock. Remind me, what, what year were you? What was your cohort year? 2016 I was thinking 16 okay so tell just tell me get off looking back on that experience um and and don't sugarcoat it because I was on the program I want to know like I know what uh what what were your takeaways being in community with all those folks from across the nation no, like some of my best friends came out of out of Hollyhock. Yeah. So even like especially in my cohort. So it was it was a good time. I learned a lot and I continue to take what I've learned from Hollyhock and apply it to the work that I've, I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the flexibility of Hollyhock has actually supported mm-hmm. some of the work that I'm doing as an administrator. Mm-hmm. It's it's been cool. Like the lessons carry over. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like in terms of like the structure of how we um, work together, mm-hmm. that was helpful. That's awesome. For sure. And you also moved a couple of times since then, yeah? My educational career has been in Milwaukee. Mm. I started as an AmeriCorps member. Oh. Then, yeah, with City Year, uh-huh. and then was at Carmen, and then I left for that one year, but now I'm back as assistant principal, and now moving into a principal position is like crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> so tell me how that works, because um, I was in an experience when I was teaching where I moved into a position that was different from teaching, but still at the same school. And there was some weirdness with my colleagues, a couple of them, and, and I didn't even have a, an authority position like you do. You're no longer a teacher, 
right? You're now an mm-hmm. assistant principal and then now you're a principal. So as you're navigating that with colleagues that you used to be in the copy room together with, yeah, uh, yeah. how is that? What's that like? I mean, yeah, it's allowed me to have some really good conversations with people, especially with people who have struggled to understand their role in our black and and brown children's lives. Like, come on now, y'all. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like, it's it's definitely, I mean, I've always, you know, I'm always, I've always been blind. I'm very authentic. I I love that. You get me how you get me. Yeah, I love that about you. (laughs) Like, this is what it is. This is what you're going to get. So regardless of the position, I'm always going to give you the the hard truth. Mm. I'm always going to make sure that, you know, we can grow together. Mm -hmm. Um, And the conversations, they have to shift, Mm -hmm. you know, because now it's, I'm in a place of accountability. In the copy room, right? You can just, hey, here's my perspective. Here are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. But now I have to hold you to that. Right. I have to. I have to. You know, shift from. Okay, I hear you. Okay, well, I gotta go now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like pushing them uh-huh. on those habits and on those mindsets so that they can, we can change because I don't want a school where you think that you have to be here to be a savior. Oh, God. I, yes. Like, we, we have to move away from that. We don't have enough teachers. Right, right. We don't have enough teachers for that anymore. Right, like, right. I don't need, I, if you're not here to do the work, leave. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, but I also want you to be here because there's so much joy to be found in this work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as an administrator, I've, I've realized, like, it's my position to just, like, provide that space. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part right now is like, how are we providing those spaces for joy and self-care to exist? Yeah. Knowing the work that comes with all of that. So true. Well, you know, when we, I was conceiving of this season on joy, it happened to be that I was kind of scrolling through social media and I saw you dancing in a dinosaur costume in the hallway. <laughs> I was like, this is a sign I have to do this season and Ashley's got to come on. So I wonder how your orientation toward being authentic and being joyful, do you think that puts your your colleagues at ease a little bit because you're willing to be so vulnerable, right? To be joyful and authentic is vulnerable. It's like you're leading yeah. that. You're going first. And it's crazy because kids, right, they stare at you. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> What is happening here? <laughs> like, Miss Miller, come on. And I'm like, this is it. Yeah. This is why we are here. Yeah. Because there is joy in learning. Oh, so, um, you know, there's, there's, but you also are met with the teachers who are like, are, isn't this a little immature? Like, but, <laughs> but no, right? Because we can't, we cannot, we cannot live in a space where it's always about control. It's always about being perfect yeah it has to be like we are living our best lives because that's why we're here by not creating that space by not having fun it's then we're we're really feeding into that school to prison pipeline right and i don't want that no i want you to want to come here because you know that you have teachers who care about you who can be silly with you Mm -hmm. so yes there is a level of vulnerability that comes with that um, but that's why I'm here, right? Yeah. Because I look like you yeah. and I want to, <laughs> I want to embrace like the, all of the nerd, the nerds, the books, the, all of that yeah. comes with, yeah. with this space. I and I don't know if we right now are doing that in the pandemic of like 
remembering that joy part of it no. because it's so hard to tap into currently. Yeah. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to record this season because I feel like in just in working with schools across the country, I see that everywhere, that that light that used to exist in teachers as they walked down the hallway and said hello to their kids was dim. And I thought, yeah. oh, my God, we need to really be talking about reclaiming joy. So let's go all the way back and tell me how you came to be a teacher, because we all kind of have this unique lens on why we came into this job and how we see ourselves in this job. So um, tell me how, how you became a teacher and how your young experience in school informed the way that you work. Oh, man. If any friends who watch this, they're going to crack up. So I've, I've always known I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. That's just my thing. I've, I've taught my cousins, you know, I, I, it got serious when I set up a classroom <laughs> and I had my seating chart, you know, mm -hmm. like, they're like, come on now, this is a little too much, <laughs> this is a little too much, Ashley. And I'm like, it's not, okay, we're here to learn. <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, I've always found the joy of being able to share ideas and collaborate with students around the work. Mm -hmm. And then going into college, I mean, going even to high school, like, I only had Mm. two teachers out of in four years who looked like me wow. and it was just a matter of like I want more of me in schools because the most I've ever been challenged is when I had teachers who looked like mm. me and it wasn't always in a place of academics it was also just in a place of growing socially mm -hmm. um, and emotionally and having someone who I know I can turn to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the shift was when I had a fight in the ninth grade. Uh, <laughs> one fight my whole career. Yeah. Um, and during that time, you know, my classes got changed and the way people looked at me changed. Oh, wow. And it was just like, I, I don't want that. You know, like there has to be a place where as, as educators, we, we recognize like every child is allowed to make mistakes because they're kids. Yeah. But how are we supporting them after that? Yeah. How are we letting them know it's okay to bounce back and do what it is that they need to do? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I came into that work, you know, and then going into college and being able to do summer bridge where mm -hmm. it was all a lot about joy um, and just excitement. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it's never boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, we could, we could, can learn together, but it's also really just about the fun and the fun and finding it in the instruction. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. How do I, that's just where I was. And when <laughs> you got into that fight in the ninth grade and you started to see people treat you differently, is that something you were conscious of? Is that something your parents were conscious of? Like that's, seems very evolved for a 14 year old to recognize that maybe you're just super yeah. intuitive but I wonder how how did that how did you get that did you just feel it I felt I mean I had to serve some in schools for it you know just like the way you know it was it was the third week of my ninth grade year mm -hmm. so that is a time when you're creating the narrative right of who you are yeah. And, and that's what, you know, my eighth grade English teacher, a black woman, was like, mm -hmm. hey, when you're making that change, you have a chance to recreate or, you know, just like be who you want others to see you as. Yeah. And I, in that first three weeks, others saw me as a fighter, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, and then I had to serve. Yeah, my, it was definitely a shift. My parents had to pay money. Mm. Um, <laughs> had, I had to serve a lot of community service, mm -hmm. 250 hours oh of my it. God. But then. 
yet. I know. All because a little slap slap. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? But I grew up, I, I went to school in the suburbs. Uh-huh. So the way they, they, they viewed discipline was very different. It was not from a restorative place. It was like, you messed up, slap slap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's. So then once again, just feeding into a system yeah. that I can't, I can't come back from. Yeah. And then, then being known as the girl who fought yeah. um, throughout that year. Even to this day, people still bring it up. So it's like, wow. how do I, I, I created that for myself. My parents knew that. How do I bounce back? And that was the hard part for me. Wow, that's really powerful. And to think about your eighth grade teacher, who was a black woman, kind of almost preparing you for that because she had experienced it herself. And again, that speaks Mm -hmm. to the power of having someone who looks like you in your school, Mm -hmm. who's your champion. That's really powerful. So I wonder when you think about what you've learned, because to me, teaching is about learning, right? You have a a very clear orientation toward learning, toward curiosity, toward collaboration. So when you think about our students, I'm wondering um, what the hardest thing was that you had to learn as a teacher from our kids or from their families. I wonder what the kids or your colleagues taught you that was really hard for you to learn. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I first started teaching, I was 21 years old, and I had serious issues with conflict. So, of course, I drew every child who wanted to fight. They wanted to fight me. They wanted to fight each other. They wanted because <laughs> because I had to I had to heal that part, right? I had to learn those things, and to me, yeah. the kids had to teach me that. So now I have no problem with conflict because they taught me that. But it was a really hard lesson as a young teacher, and it was complicated, of course, by the fact I was a white woman who was not very aware. It was like 1994, and most of my kids yeah, were kids sure. of color, and I really had to become a learner fast. And so I wonder if you had any experiences like that. <laughs> uh, being black doesn't. I mean, I, I, so this is the lesson. Being black does not automatically mean you deserve respect. Mm. <laughs> that was, that was, you know, right? Because I yeah. told you, I came into this work like, yes, yeah. I'm a black woman here <laughs> to, to serve and learn with you yeah. and grow. And what happened to me in my first, I was also, what, 20, 21, uh-huh. student teaching. I Right after student teaching, my um, student teacher, well, my, the person above me, she got pregnant, so she had to leave. Mm-hmm. So I took over her class for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, I'm right in this work. Yeah. Like, here we go. I'm in the suburb still. Yeah. I'm in the same situation. I'm teaching. I'm writing stuff from the board, and kids throw Skittles at the back of my oh, head. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm like, I look like you. <laughs> what do you mean? How dare you disrespect me like this? Yes, yes. And it's just, right? Like, yes, what? Yes. Like, oh, because you look like me, you automatically, you're doing the same thing that they're doing. Yes, right? <gasps> <laughs> right? Oh. So I'm just in a space of, I've, I've like, it's just, I, I tried to fit in mm. to what I was taught. Yes. And that's where, that was the biggest challenge for me. It was like, and that's why I have learned to make sure that I'm always authentic. I'm always like mm-hmm. true to who I am because once you, once you drift away from that, once you forget your why, then you're, you're, you're in a space where you're wow. just like everybody else. And, and that's what I had to learn, right? Cause then that led to 
a lot of conversations with them because yeah. you yeah. do skittles at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. I'm literally crying right now because I thought we were, I thought yeah. we were on the yeah. same level here. I thought yeah. we knew what was good. Yeah. And we didn't. And it's because I didn't, I, I didn't establish relationship. I just mm. established power, right? It was just like, I'm here. I'm in front of you. You're going to listen to me. That's the difference in education. I look like you. You're yeah, automatically no. going to hear me. No. It's a lot of work. A lot of work that is tied into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a, a really hard lesson. So and still one to this day, right? Because, oh, man, education is consistently changing. And even more so now where kids um, are coming in with even just a, a level of that I'll never be able to understand. Because of COVID, you think? Because of COVID, because being virtual for uh-huh. so for so long yeah. and just life yeah. life has changed yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, what what was true to me is not true mm-hmm. to our students now so how am I bridging that gap how am I how am I adapting to what is necessary for us mm-hmm. to really do this work and not sit in a mindset of mm-hmm. what I've been taught mm-hmm. this is what education mm-hmm. is so Could, man. So many lessons learned and continue to learn. I, I would like, I wonder if it's okay if we kind of t- follow your lead there. Because you, you said something about you had become what you had been taught to be. Yeah. And I wonder as you navigate a system that was not set up for all kids, that uh, is still not set up for all kids, mm-hmm. as, as a teacher and particularly as a black educator and as a woman, how do you navigate a system that's not set up for you and run that system to serve our kids well? That's got to be something that you think about a lot. Yeah, I don't work with the system, <laughs> you know, right? Like, I, I have to work alongside it, like, right, because there are rules, regulations, you know. I have certain things in my job that I have to do, but the work that I need to do is not is disrupting it. So what I try to do every day is like, all right, Mm -hmm. I understand that this is what needs to be done. But if I did what needs to be done, I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. teachers still in my building, (laughs) you know, because it's like coming back from COVID. Everyone's like learning laws, learning laws. We have to we have to get that addressed. We have we have priorities we have to meet. Yes, we do. But yeah. we also have to make sure we're taking care of our students first, making sure we're taking care of our families and our teachers. Where mm-hmm. Where is that coming into place? Um, and then especially our families who are dealing with so many different, uh, their own situations. Um, and, and then putting those expectations on them. We all have to change. So it's just really for me what I've learned as a black educator is like, yes, there's a system, but we have to, we can't work with it. We got to we got to move away from that. And I think that's the issue. I'm trying to reimagine, especially going into this new role, reimagine what it's like for school to be successful, because the way we're doing it right now is not going to work. It does not work no. anymore. No, no. <laughs> It has, it has never, I mean, it has it ever yeah. worked? I, maybe I, when they were know. trying to churn out factory workers, maybe it worked then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't work for no. me. I mean, because that's why, like, it has never worked. Yeah. So we, we have this unique space where we can really do something different, and we need people who are on board for that. So as a black educator, that's what I'm trying to bring forth. Yeah. Um, how do we change how do we not do what everyone is always telling us yeah. to do 
and try to try to just be innovative yeah. in this work. I love that that phrase you use alongside, right? I have to work alongside mm-hmm. because it exists. But really what you're doing as you're walking alongside is you're disrupting at the same time. And I, I love mm-hmm. that. I, I often thought during the pandemic when people were saying like, I just want to go back to normal. I thought, no, normal wasn't good. Normal wasn't. So if we were to learn anything from the two years of this hardship, plus post George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, plus post January 6th insurrection, right? What is the world telling us? The world is telling us we need to disrupt these systems because they are not working. So I I appreciate that perspective a lot. And I think that goes back to what it is that you're trying to do this season of, like, the joy. Where is that and how does that exist in this work? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's where my joy lies, is being able to disrupt and really just, like, find new ways to go about Mm. this. And once we do that, then and really take into account our teachers' voices, our students, our families, mm-hmm. we're going to see the changes that need to come. Mm-hmm. May not happen in my lifetime, right, right. but they're going right. to come. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like you plant the tree knowing it's for your grandchildren because you may not see it, but the, the tree will shade your grandchildren, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. thinking about. That's beautiful. So I, I think about our schools like a giant puzzle, right? And we all have a particular gift, a particular piece that we put down. There's this song that I love that said, if you have a care in the world, you have a gift to give, right? So I wonder Mm -hmm. what what do you care about in schools so much that it's become like your puzzle piece that you're going to put down with everybody else. And if everybody could strip themselves out of this systemic, you must be X, Y, Z, and just be themselves and put their piece down, we're going to make a whole puzzle, right? So what's your piece? What's your gift, do you think, that you bring to bring to schools? Man, I, I hope I give this, but I'm really just in a place right now of trying to, um, a part of our vision that my prince, my current principal and I have really set up, our mission that we've set on, our vision, mm-hmm. is shifting the adult culture. Mm. And I think that's a piece that I've been trying to bring to yeah. it. Because, like you said, right? You see me in dinosaur costumes. My dean, she does she does weird stuff like too. Like she does like we did a unicorn this year. <laughs> like <laughs> just, just really trying to like shift what it looks like to to be in this work, to be an educator, um, and most importantly, shifting the the culture of leaders and what they view to be true about education i was i i'm just one i want to feel you can unpack the shifting the adult culture because yeah. so often we talk about like well the kids need to the kids need to and like let's just pause and think about what we need to do mm-hmm. i i really appreciate that because there it's a feedback loop right our kids are going to show us what we're putting out so if we don't change us then we're not going to be able to fix things for them mm-hmm. so what does that look like what you're going to be a principal this year what oh my god that's such an amazing opportunity i i wonder what what would an adult culture look like in the adult culture of your dreams in a school Man, i mean i think that's what i'm still trying to figure out right because I'm still in the idealistic part of the work. You know, yeah, I haven't yeah, done it yeah. yet. So I'm just like, hey, yeah. this is what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, by the time this airs, hit me up. <laughs> see mm-hmm. where I'm at. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I think it just looks like creating a culture 
where everyone is owning their part, you know, like teachers are willing to have those conversations with children. Children can come to teachers and not be met with, you know, the, the animosity of why I'm in charge. Right. Right. This, like you said, I'm really big on collaboration and Mm -hmm. shifting adult culture is about really making sure that collaboration is at the forefront of this work. Mm -hmm. We cannot do this by ourselves. Teachers, Mm -hmm. we can't do this by ourselves. Students, no one can do it alone. We have to work together because that's just really where it all starts. Yes, yes. The community, right? Like That's how we're wired. We're wired for that. And somehow we got this notion that we have to just be a lone wolf. And that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So I wonder, sometimes I wonder if um, like the role perfectionism plays in crushing joy or stopping them from being vulnerable right that's so true i every day i think we we fight this battle every day of allowing like we there's so much there's so much that needs to be done there's so much that's being put on all of us to make sure that we can come back like you said go back to normal Mm. (laughs) Mm. and and everyone is trying so hard but we're being met with so many different challenges so many different barriers and uh, it's that's what's pushing me it's like even just recently um i was in a place of wow i'm struggling with i don't know if people like the way that we're doing things in school right now and that's crushing me i like we just mm-hmm. had low seas you know are you coming back next year mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. i'm just like teachers some teachers are great mm-hmm. i'm excited for you to be here next year I'm excited mm-hmm. for us to figure out together what this is going to look like. Mm-hmm. But there are some teachers who are not. And those teachers who are not, regardless of reason, you're always going to feel like it's your fault. Um, yeah. What could I have done better? What could I have done differently? Yes, there are some things I could have done differently. But, you see, even right now I'm grappling with this idea yes. of perfection, perfectionism of, like, what could I do better? Um, and I think that's where the part of, yes, we should always reflect, but... Where is the joy? Where are we finding joy in that? When do we celebrate the wins? Yeah, um, yeah, and we're not. Yeah. Right now, we're not. We're not spending too much time on that. We're focusing more on what's wrong with society. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's the hard part is because we spend so much time focusing on the challenges, we don't actually think about how we have grown. You know, you've named some really important things. Like one is, yes, of course, we always want to ask ourselves, what could we have done better? Mm-hmm. Um, what could we do better next time? At the same time, le- well, like you said, with it, without focusing on the positives, we lose the power, right? I think about that a lot at Stanford yeah. with the research that we do. So much of the research is around problems, right? I, I want to know, I want you to go out and research someplace that's doing it right and figure out what that, what is that? What's happening there that the rest of us are not doing? And really amplifying the positive pieces so that we can continue to grow. Like, isn't that old phrase, um, what you pay attention to grows or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? So if we have to focus on on the winds of being vulnerable, right? The winds of being joyful, the winds of our kids who cross the stage better than when they came to us as freshmen, right? Right? I wonder... I wonder maybe you could think about your faculty meetings and making sure there's room for good news, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I start every day with music Mm -hmm. in the hallways. 
I love that. Okay, you when you walk into the building exactly at seven forty five, you hear some music because mm-hmm. we got to celebrate the fact that we are here. Our kids are walking into the building right now. Yes, um, yes. like that's yes. A, that's something we need to celebrate. We made it. Okay, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that yeah. there's always room. Like every day, we send out a daily debrief. In that daily debrief, here's what made us happy today. Uh, that's how the email starts. Yeah, there's always going to be, okay, do this, do this, do this. But right. what brought us joy today? I love we got to focus on that. We got to because. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about, like, those are two small ways that anybody can do. Turn on some music in the hall mm-hmm. and start your debriefs with what we're going to, what we can celebrate. Right. Yes. Those are small things that we can orient to joy. It does not take any pro, any any lift at all no. do you feel like there's the small ways are really the way to go especially for teachers like for me I wouldn't dress up in a dinosaur costume <laughs> but I would go out and dance with my kids before school in the hall right mm-hmm. so do you you think about when you're working with your teachers what's a small move you can make to orient to joy to shift the energy is that something that you might talk about with people Oh, that's I, that's my my thing, and I and I know like as principal, I'm gonna have to think of it on a, more, a much larger scale, right? But as assistant principal right now, my that is my thing. I'm checking in with teachers. I might bring you. I might send you a little five dollars Starbucks gift card and just say, hey. I thought about you, and I know you work uh, in. Let me send this to you real quick. <laughs> you know, that. like it, yeah. it's all about the small things because that's what, as teachers, we value. That's what we talk about in the copy room. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. we don't say, "Well, let me talk the data that we the day to day that yeah. we have coming up." Like we're not thinking about that on day to day. We're like, "Dang, I wish I had today off." So it's, really, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really about the small things because that's what's going to help us keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Is it lunch? Is it like, hey, I'm noticing that it's a little rough today. Let me yeah. order some pizza. Uh, <laughs> you know, I that's where that. that's where the joy is, and that's what our that's what I know. I valued as a teacher, and what I'm trying to bring into leadership is like being able to recognize the the energy of the day and mm. and moving tomorrow with some intentionality about how I can make it better than yesterday. God, um, I love that. So love when you that. do that, that's when you see the shift. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be a great job at a school to be the chief joy officer? C J O. I think that would be an amazing job. Listen. So when you think about a great day of teaching or learning in your school, what's, what's the song you love to play in the hallway as kids are walking in? Do you have a favorite? So in Milwaukee, um, they do the biker shuffle. It's a line dance. So okay. we have line dances that we do in the hallway that oh I, we taught the kids because that's also a, I'm not allowing that culture to leave. Okay. At, right, in this new right. generation, they don't do the wobble. They don't know the swag surf. <laughs> I, I refuse the cha-cha slide. I refuse to allow my students to leave eighth grade, not knowing at least one line dance. So, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so we try, and I think that's something even right now I'm reflecting on. We haven't really been doing our line dances as often as we used to because mm. where we've been it's the end of the school year where yeah. it's like oh man this is a, I'm I'm ready I'm ready yeah. <laughs> you know and but, they're ready right the kids ready. are so ready um w- so let's uh think about next year as principal 
and you're getting everybody's like the bustle of the beginning of the school day and everybody's the coffee room i miss that energy so much the coffee room in the morning can i tell you something please the copy room is my office my is it really i'm connected to the, so that's how i always know the tea that's all that, oh. i don't want to change my office i don't because i'm no. like i'm like i always know what's going down <laughs> yes you do yes you do so what do you say to teachers what do you poke your head out of your office into the copy room and, and what are you going to say to them for a great day of, of, of learning for us on the door, on a bulletin board outside of my door in the copy room, it says, breathe, stretch, shake, let it go. Mm. You know, and I think that's an important thing. Like, when are we taking a moment? We got to take a breath. Kids are going to try us. Mm-hmm. Conceptual math is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. Maybe today kids forgot something that you taught them yesterday that was so supposed to make them move. But you got to take a moment. Take a breathe. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We're going to get through this. Um, yeah. And I think that goes back to that question about perfectionism. Like, oh, yeah. dang, I tried. I really did. But I'm going to take this yeah. breath. And I'm going to know that I'm going to keep working. Um, and eventually something will stick. <laughs> I love it. I think it's just about creating, finding a space to create joy in everything that you do. There is joy in learning and joy and learning must coexist yes. as um, yes. teacher of the culture. I follow her on Instagram. Oh, I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago. She is so dope. Like I, I she can't, is. I, I want to meet her so bad. Like I really just like, I'm obsessed. Um, and, yes. I, and that's really just like my mindset of, and the question she asked on Instagram, like just yeah. find people, yeah. find people to hold you accountable. They don't even need to know you. She's like my mentor. Yeah. She doesn't know it. I'm like, girl, I, I feel oh. I feel everything you're saying. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Teachers, come here. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. I'm so grateful that you did. Yes, I had fun. All right. Take good care of yourself. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your time with us in the copy room. Whether you're on your way to school, on your way home, walking your dog, or doing your household chores, I wish you a day of letting down and letting go. Remembering your birthright is to operate from a place of joy, even if your heart's broken. Perhaps especially when your heart's broken. Thank you to Dirt Path Publishing for producing this podcast, and to you for listening.